What up, my Hanyaks? Welcome back to another Undead Notes version of the Rambling Viking Podcast. It's your favorite Hanyak here, giving you another dose of weird today. Hope you're PDFG. I'm PDFG. If you're new, PDFG is pretty darn freaking good. And a Hanyak, well, you'll figure it out. All right, so that's right. The series continues because, like I said, we got notes continually coming, so I've got to continually be working on the back end of that. It's the sandwich method. It's actually how I, uh, when I come across a new podcast I like, uh, it's how I approach it. I listen, I'll listen to you know your first episode. I'll listen to your newest episode too. See where you've been. See where you where you're going. Where you are now, and then I'll kind of meet in the middle. Work. I'll work my way backwards a little bit. So it's like I'll keep listening to the new. And I keep listening to the old, and I'll eventually catch up to that spot that I, or I'll eventually close that gap. And I'm working on that right now, actually, with one podcast. So if you're new to my podcast, go give it a whirl. You'll you'll definitely get to see some evolution. I've been at this for a little over three years now, on and off. Had some big breaks and some big changes of style and all sorts of crazy stuff, you know? Oh man, it's a fun time, but we're going we're to be back at it again with these undead notes, see what we got, see if we can crank through 10 today, alright, I'm looking for 10 notes, let's see, oh, well, yeah, this one was obviously a big fail, first one up, look up what percentage of population smokes and why is this still a thing, so I think that one speaks for itself in a lot of ways, uh, let's just, let's see if we can do a quick Google, percentage of US population... Um, well now it's now with the whole vaping, that was probably pre vaping too, or like, well, no vaping was still around, but it was probably like early, early vaping. Uh, let's see. population that smokes in us because we know Europe's wild. Okay. But honestly though, what, why is it still a thing? And I look at it this way. It's like crime. It's like vices. There's, it's always going to be around. It does amaze me though, that like, we know how bad smoking is and people still get caught up in it. It sucks. Uh, here we go. What's the CDC got to say about it? Um, geez, 480,000 deaths every year. One in five. Okay, here we go. In 2019, nearly 14 of every 100 U.S. adults aged 18 years or older currently smoke cigarettes. This means an estimated 34.1 million adults in the United States currently smoke cigarettes. More than 16 million Americans live with a smoking-related disease. Man, that's staggering. We got 300, between 300, we've got about 330 million and some change. And so a tenth, they say it's about 14% of, I, I guess you have to go for the adult population. So that, uh, that cuts it down. All right, let's see. So, ooh, by sex, that's fun. Men were more likely to be current cigarette smokers than women. 15 out of every 100. So 15% of adult men and 12.7% of adult women. By age, oh, this will be fun. This is fun. I'm glad I did this. So, uh, current cigarette smoking was highest among people aged 25 to 44. So, it's still hitting the youngins, which is disappointing. And 45 to 64. Uh, so, oh, this is good. Cigarette smoking was lowest among people aged 18 to 24. And I can say in Oklahoma, you can't. You now can't do purchase tobacco products until you're 21. We bumped that up, which I was always saying. Look, we either got to bump down the drinking age to 18 because I very much do agree with like. Look, if you can go serve your country and die, you got to be able to have, like. You got to be able. To have, you could vote. You're considered an adult. Why can't you drink? It's stupid. Um, and but you can go and you can use all the tobacco products. You can do all that. You can serve your country. 
you can be totally independent on your own, but you can't do that. And so I was in favor of, look, either we push it back, everything back to 21, or we push it up to 18. And I don't know if it muddied the waters, but now you to smoke and drink, you have to be 21 in Oklahoma. Uh, here we go. Eight of every 100 adults. So 8% of uh, adults in the 18 to 24 range smoke. 17%, 16.7% of adults age 25 to 44, so that's higher than the national average. And then 17% of the 45 to 64 years old, which kind of shows it's being phased out. Now, this doesn't, I don't even know if we have any mass statistics on vaping because that's so new, but I, you know, that plays into factor here. And uh, I will say this vaping, if anything, if nothing else, smells way better. Like, I can sit there and hang out with you, unless you're like, you got one of those. <laughs> freaking giant like bricks that just poof and smoke like if it's just these little puffs and like it smells like peaches or something like that I'm like oh cool, cool it smells nice you know as far as you getting your nicotine hit i mean that's a whole different conversation where they're like we'll just you know we'll make it smell nice and it's water vapor but it's 17 times the nicotine of an average pack of cigarettes and you're like well, are we really helping or are we just oh just switching the addiction to something that's maybe slightly less bad for you but you're still getting a bunch of nicotine, but that's its own thing. Uh, eight out of every, uh, so eight percent of adults age sixty-five year and older. So the really old ones don't smoke anymore. It's all the people in the middle that I fall into the group of. That's good. I don't smoke. I hope you don't either. All right, by ethnicity, this will be interesting. So twenty percent of American Indians and Alaskan natives smoke. Holy crap! Nineteen point seven percent of Every this is always weird when they do this. Non-Hispanic other races, fifteen and a half percent of non-Hispanic whites, uh, non-Hispanic blacks is fourteen point nine percent, and Hispanics is eight point eight percent. So they got the lowest. Good for them. Oh, oh Asians seven point two percent. They've got the lowest. So Hispanics and Asians, they know what's up. They know like, look, this ain't for me. So uh, that's interesting. And they always have these qualifiers uh, by education. This is weird income this is crazy whoa oh man okay oh geez oklahoma 19.7 percent uh, of people smoke in oklahoma as a 5,000 person standard this is sweet i'm gonna put this link and you can look through all this stuff i'm not gonna go into it everybody uh every single one so oh this is interesting so the rates of smoking are higher amongst the lgbt community 19.2 percent um, versus 13.8% of the heterosexual, or if you're like me, the spousal sexual community, we fall under that heterosexual straight community for now until we can get our own uh, established category. But we're working on it, all right? So what what area, what region of the country? So we've got, oh man, 16, Midwest is the worst. Midwest, South, Northeast, and then the West. I'm not really surprised by that a whole lot. Midwest is 16%. South is 15. Northeast is 12. And the West is 10. All right. Who's, and surprise, surprise, the poorest uh, populations, the annual household income are, have the highest rate of smoking. The richer you are, the lower, it, it ranges go from 21% in your lowest echelon to 7% in your highest echelon. Has a range of less than thirty-five thousand to over one hundred thousand. So, uh, the richer you are, less like you are to smoke. Hmm, interest, interesting things. And then, same with. Hmm, 
Degrees are, yeah, no, same with degrees too. You just have a GED, 35%, holy crap, versus 4% of those with a graduate degree. So interesting. Not going to make any assertions there about that it's dumb people that smoke, but I mean, is what it is, right? Yeah, and then they have this cool color-coded map. Uh, Oklahoma is the second darkest blue, unfortunately, but uh, Texas is doing pretty good. Uh, yeah, the West is lighter. So yeah, it's like this. It's Arkansas, Kentucky, West Virginia, Missouri, Louisiana, Mississippi, Alabama, Ohio, Indiana, Michigan, and Oklahoma are kind of like this little clump where it's bad. And then you go up to South North Dakota and Wyoming, who there's like 20 people in those three states combined. So it's whatever. And then Alaska's bad. And also, oh, that ups it from 20 to 25 if you include that. So it's whatever. But yeah, interesting. You know, I've always thought that though. I was like, how is smoking stuck around? And I remember having, I actually remember having that thought being like, why are there, because I think I'd just seen like a ton of smokers or something. And I was like, why is everyone smoking still i don't i don't understand and i mean it is what it is right the cdc cdc statistics say that five times fast my lanta all right next note we may not get through 10 that took me almost 10 minutes (laughs) i love this one i forget names instantly that's the whole note and how true you get to a point in your life so i've always tried to be really good about learning people's names and unfortunately due to uh places I've been in life, I've encountered so many people where it came to be overload where I didn't have the bandwidth to where it's like, I'd meet you, you'd say, hi, hi, Greg. And then, and then, I mean, I would have to be on to the next person and there's so much else going on that it's just in one ear, out the other. I've literally, can tell you how many times now it's like talking to someone, I shake their hand and it's like, hi, Gerald and Greg, Gerald, what is going on? Um, hi, Rufus. And I'm like, hi, I'm so, uh, you know, I'm Gus. He's like, I'm Rufus. And I'm like, oh, good to meet you. And then we start talking. And then within like 10 or 15 seconds, I look at him as he's talking. And you know how it's like those moments where it's just your thoughts. And it's like the face underneath the face you're making. And I just go, oh, crap. Oh, no. (laughs) And I look at him and go, oh, what was his name? He literally just told me. Oh, what in the. (laughs) I can't steal that. Uh, Trying to do the new bleep thing. Uh, yeah, what, what is his name? And it just kills me. So then it's like, all right, maybe I can work my way to getting, if we exchange information or I can say like, Hey, how do you spell your name? Uh, you spell it the normal ways. And if they just say, yeah, and they don't spell it for you, then you're in trouble. So yeah, uh, I'm trying to try, always trying to do better about that. Be better. But man, I don't know. It just, it, I got to this place and now I'm here and this is where I live and I'm sorry. Okay. Don't. Don't, don't hate me because I'm beautiful, okay? Oh, man, I, this is, this is an inside joke, but (laughs) I just, it just says the bit, who is she? Where does she live? Um, that's one going, that's a story amongst friends. I'm going to botch, I'm going to botcher this one where it's. There, someone's talking about a girl they're talking to or whatever, and I guess one of one of the buddies, that's just his first thought. Who is she? Where does she live? And, like, that's just what he yells. And so that's the immediate response. It's like, oh, yeah, I went on this date with this girl. Who is she? Where does she live? And uh, that's funny. But just to be your first response, your buddy's like, oh, yeah, just met this girl on Tinder, just went on this date, or started talking to so-and-so. Who is she? Where does she live? Um... 
that that's a good merch idea actually who is she where does she live uh maybe i don't know we'll have to we'll have to sit on that one if that joke grows some more legs and gets to be a funny trope and we get this cult following about it then yeah but uh we'll put that one on the back burner under the under the hard maybes all right next note oh yeah this one this one was an experience this was like four five seven years of my life i guess I don't know, basically the 2010s for the most part. So like most normal people, I grew up with an ice maker of some sort, whether it's attached to my fridge or you have a separate one. If you have a separate one, you're bougie. All right. You're in a different, you're in a different ballpark than me. Mine was, you know, classic fridge, ice and water setup. And I, man, did I take it for granted? You know, I needed ice. I could either get it right out of the thing or if I needed to like put it in a non-cup receptacle, I could open the door and, you know, grab the whole bin and or just grab the chunk, grab a little handful and do whatever I need to do with it, right? I think a lot of us experience that. Well, you know, then I go to college and it's broke times, right? And and so you're you get an apartment and guess what? It's a more, it's in a more old school setup or I'll say traditional maybe to not insult people, but where it's got the freezer on the top and got no ice maker, no water line. I'm not fancy. So then I have to figure out ice cube trays and boy, did that make me appreciate my ice maker and make me hate. I hate ice cube trays except for very specific purposes for very specific things. I hate them. They're a mess. I always broke them. All mine had stress marks. I go and twist it and then it would, sometimes it would break and then, oh, guess what? The ice would fly everywhere. So you got to do it over the sink or you, you try and do it over your hand and you try and grab them and slip slide everywhere. It's just a freaking mess. And then I got to refill it and I got to very gingerly put it back in the fridge while it's still liquid until it gets frozen. Then I can move it around however I want. It's like, man, you know what? I'm just, when I can't, I'm just, I need, I need an ice maker. Okay. I need an ice maker on my fridge and a water spigot i am not doing this anymore because i also had to then get like a a jug water filter uh because oklahoma city water freaking sucks and it's fine but i wanted some good how they call it and took that for granted i've got one now i've had one for the last year so that's been nice i've got one now but boy did I take it for granted? I will never take it for granted again. All right. Uh, ice cube trays, not for me. The silicone ones I can deal with, but those plastic ones, I've broken more of those stinking things and sent ice flying more times than I care to count. So yeah, those are for the birds as far as I'm concerned. All right. Oh, this is, oh, oh, this is getting real deep here. So we go from taking your ice maker for granted to learn how to struggle and not be good at something. Let's see. Hold on real quick. One, two, three, four, five. Halfway there. We'll see how many you get to because these next few are long. This one might take me on a tangent and I have to issue a correction from last episode that should have done at the beginning, but we're going to do it at the end. So learn how to struggle and not be good at something. Um, I guess I was either struggling or not struggling or didn't want to struggle. I don't know. Or I witnessed something where it's the important of having resistance and struggle, because when you look at anything in life, so I, my easiest default is when you go to strength training, right? When you put your body under stress in the form of strength training, or even if you do running or any kind of exercise or stretching, even for that matter, guess what? Your body will get more flexible. Your body will get stronger. Your bones will get denser. Your muscles get bigger. And what is it? We think, oh, we don't really think when we don't really think about it, but you know, on the surface level, we just say, oh, I'm getting stronger. It's like, what is that actual process like though? And what is actually happening? You're putting stress on your body and then your body's saying, oh man, we're under stress. We're under load. 
We need to respond accordingly. How do we do that? We're going to make this stronger. We're going to make things thicker. Make things bigger. Uh, make our joints be able to resist the impact. You know, I know I've once upon a time I ran a marathon. Talk about marathon training is like there are two aspects of marathon training. There's your lungs or your VO2 if you want to call it that. You know how good your cardio, and then there's your impact. It's like you can technically get in marathon shape by like swimming or or doing a, a bike or an elliptical, like getting your lungs prepared. But if you don't have that impact, guess what's going to happen? You're going to get, you're probably going to get some hairline fractures or you're going to, or, or, um, you know, some really bad shin splints or feet or ankle or knees or something's going to go bad because guess what? You haven't trained your body that to be able to withstand the level of impact that 26.2 miles puts on you. And I think when you look at life in general, that's, that's how most things work. I mean, when you grow plants, what are you supposed to do? You're kind of supposed to rustle the leaves and stuff like that because what happens it releases a stress hormone in the plant that says, "Oh, we're being, we're we're facing some, uh, we're facing a stimulus," and so what do we do? We grow in response. Like when wind blows trees and things, they their their trunks grow thicker, and they do that. So it's a defense mechanism to be able to withstand, continue to grow, and to live longer. They'll grow up, and then they notice that when they almost topple, they'll grow out, and then they'll continue to grow up and out, and so on and so forth. And I think the same is true for us. Is like. I have some, some of my best moments are in that struggle and taking something on where it's like, I don't know if I'm going to succeed. I mean, this podcast here, right? And what is success for this? Like there, there are so many times I could have quit so many times I've, or a couple times where I partially quit or almost given up. And then I come back to it and I always feel better for doing it, for coming through the struggle. Like think of it, a shoot a good conversation where maybe you have some really good, deep discussion. You have some disagreement, but you know, it all, it all stays, you have a mutual respect and a dignity and you, and you come to understand each other better. You maybe don't come to disagree, but let me tell how do you feel after you feel better? You feel like you got to know that person. You built a connection. And what, what was, what was that process that was going through some sort of struggle? Or, you know, every time you talk about, you know, you have to go to battle, uh, you go through battle with somebody and metaphorically speaking, you know, whether it's on, on a team where, where there's immense struggle, but then immense success. And it's like, those are the memorable moments in life is the hardest things you do. And I mean, that's looking at marriage. That's what makes marriage so awesome. It's like, yes, marriage is way harder than being single in a lot of ways. I would say overall, I would personally say overall, having been both, but it is harder there are so many, because now you have a person you're attached to at the hip and you're accountable to, and you just can't do whatever you want. You have to take them into consideration in everything you do. Same with kids too, right? These are, these are extremely hard steps in life, but what, so why do people do them? Because through that difficulty, you have something more beautiful, more joyful. Like you, your threshold of happiness goes up. I think you reach a new threshold of happiness. You, you also, there's also potential for a new low. When, when things hurt, they can hurt worse. But they can, when things are, are good, they, they will be absolutely better. You'll reach a new high. And that's what I'm looking forward to having kids because that's what everyone says. is like It's a deeper love that you didn't even know you could, ex- you, you could experience. You couldn't even fathom until having a child. And, uh, and I think that's true. So we, gotta, we gotta, can't let ourselves not... Uh, be too struggle averse. Like we need to be able to struggle in the sense of trying to get better. I mean, that's how you shoot. That's how you get your knives sharp. Is you have to sh- you have to you have to work them over a stone. And what are you doing? You're shaving down the metal. You're refining the metal. You're tempering the metal. You're when you put it through a flame. When you're making a blade. Like, look, the analogies here are endless. I think you get the idea. So uh, don't 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 be afraid to go into some struggle. 
And I mean, now there is good struggle and bad struggle. So, you know, use discernment. But all in all, struggle is good. And we need to try and attack and embrace struggle. And I need to do better at it. And I think I'm about to hit a point in life where I'm really going to embrace a lot of struggle. But hopefully uh, figure something out and come out better on the other side. But all right. uh, So it looks like final note count for these undead notes is here we go. Here we go. One, two, three, four, five. We have five. All right, we got through five, so half of what I wanted to, but I'm still happy with the results. So uh, that's going to do it for this Undead Notes. I, like I said earlier, I do have one retraction in the last episode where I talked about Samuel L. Jackson, Snakes on a Plane on TV. Monkey fighting, when he says monkey fighting, here, let me read it, make sure I get it right, Connor. You're welcome. This one's for you, bud. All right, here we go. He says, fun fact, the original TV edit for Snakes on a Plane was, I am tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. Amazing. I I thought it was double monkey fighting, but it was monkey fighting and then Monday to Friday. And which prompted a then fun conversation that the guy, the censor people, whoever that was, who were in charge of censoring that for making it safe for TV, uh, they were next level because he brought up a good point. He says, I guess the implication there becomes that the plane literally does not fly on the weekends. So somehow this is a lesser than plane. It is a weekday plane. I'm stuck on a weekday plane, first of all. And then I got this weekday plane with snakes on it. I'm tired of these monkey fighting snakes on this Monday to Friday plane. I'm taking it as a pejorative. That it's, what kind of plane? Because people travel the most on the weekends. So you got, you got the weekday plane? I don't know. I don't know. Is the weekday plane a pejorative or is it a... Or is it like, look, we're on a Monday to Friday plane. Why do I got snakes on this? Or is this like, of course there's snakes on this Monday to Friday stinking plane. So uh, if you don't know what I'm referencing, it's the last episode talking about censoring and what my bleep words should be. I'm going to issue that again. So in moments, not that I'm going to do it a lot, but now I might do it for fun. But some fun creative, instead of just going beep, uh, or when I, you know, if I have to read or say uh, a curse word or whatever, or a word that's not safe for work, NSFW. Boom shakalaka. Rattled it off. Uh, what should I use? Some of my initial ideas were axe. Bad axe. Uh, and I, you know, you got to say them in that, that phrase. I don't know why. Where is it? Bleep ideas. Oh, flying Dutchman. Axe throw. Blanket. Uh, you know, things like that. And <laughs> I don't know why it has to be in that deep voice. It could be like, blanket. <laughs> Just like that. But uh, any fun bleep ideas... That you have sent in my way. But that does it for this episode of Undead Notes. You can get a hold of the podcast. Five star review on. Uh, you can leave a five star review. Do it that way. Give your feedback. You can email the show. It's ramblingviking at gmail.com. You can text or leave a voicemail at 580-789-9258. Lastly, voice memo link will be in the description. I've got those CDC smoking statistics. Which are actually way more interesting than I was ready for. In the description as well. Any other links I might have referenced to. I don't think I did have any more. But that does it for this uh, this edition of the Undead Notes. Hope you enjoyed it. And we'll see you back here. We'll see you, Hanyaks, next time on the Rambling Viking Podcast.